The Late Morning Program with Nam Ras Podcast. Hi Krishna, you're listening to the Late Morning Program with Nam Ras, the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. I'm your host, Nam Ras. I'm here. Where's Jay Jagannath? He's having some technical issues. He'll be joining shortly. Um, so this is, today's the hundredth episode. For those of you who do not know, it's been a long time. Uh, we started this podcast in 2018. It's been a number of years now, and uh, 100 episodes later, here we are. So today is just going to be Jay Jagannath Prabhu asking me a bunch of questions about the podcast, basically interviewing me. We thought it'd be a good idea. Um, he was actually the first guest on the podcast, believe it or not. Number first guest. It was in my living room in no, it was in the kitchen of my apartment in uh, you know 2018. Even I think I think my first son was in the womb at the time. And uh, that's uh, that was the first episode, and then now, hundred episodes later, we're having him on again. Just because I love talking to him, he's he always has great things to say, and he's an interviewer. Um, he's an interviewer himself. So um, I think he's having a lot of technical issues. So maybe we should start off with people calling. <laughs> How about that? let's let's do that how about we do that maybe that'll be fun so if you want to call in and you want to talk to me and uh, chastise me or praise me or give me any feedback call this number right now let's see who calls in first call that number on the screen 201-292-4222 and we will connect here on the podcast and then we'll wait for Jay Jagannath to join because he's, um, I think he's in uh, Michigan, so he's having some issues with his uh, internet or something. But we have 34 people watching on all platforms. Pretty cool. All right, here's our first caller. Hare Krishna, you are on. Hare Krishna, you are on the late morning program. Who is this? This is Komala Kumari, Devi Dasi. Hey, Kumari, how's it going? You're the first caller. It's so I know, this is huge. <laughs> this is better than anything I received Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is up? Well, I, I have a question for you. Sure. Because this is your 100th episode, and this is a time of reflection. And I'm really curious because starting out a big project, I'm calling it a big project. It's the number one high-tech podcast. Starting out a project like this can can bring up so many doubts and fears, especially if you know that people are going to criticize or people are going to disagree with things. So I was, I'm just curious to ask you what were the things in the beginning that made you nervous or that that kind of became limitations and how did you overcome those and what encouraged you to push on despite those doubts if you had them great question um i 
I didn't start the podcast as something serious. I think it was more of like just a hobby and a fun thing. And it, as it as I went on, it became really like I started diving into more controversial, serious subject matter. And then like I think halfway through the podcast episodes, like halfway through 100, I was like, oh, man, this is getting serious because people are actually like I'm getting like crit- I'm getting criticisms from people i'm getting like why are you doing this this is wrong or you don't hate you don't care about iscon and things like really serious uh accusations so what what kind of pushed me forward was uh hearing from devotees that i care about and that i um appreciate their feedback saying hey you're doing a really good thing no matter what like a really a really famous and respected devotee in our movement who I had on the podcast. He spoke to me a half an hour after his podcast, basically saying, you have to continue this no matter what. You are doing something great no matter how controversial it is. You got to continue doing this because people need to talk about these things. They're going to be talking about these things no matter what. It's not just, you know, you're bringing them up. People are going to be talking about them anyways. So that gave me a lot of solace, you know, and kind of, spacing out the real controversial ones from the from the ones that are just like very inspirational very directly krishna conscious stories and uh journey of 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 their you know their spiritual life kind of really kept me going forward uh in doing this and also making a goal like i wanted to hit that goal i was like okay let's just do 100 and then and then like regroup and see how to push forward to be honest to be really brutally honest I'm like very tired of it to be honest. Like I have to find refine my love for it again. I'm looking forward to doing that uh, in the c- upcoming months where I'm going to take a break and just like rethink and regroup. And I was thinking to bring my wife on because she's really good and have like a, like a double person podcast. Maybe it'd be fun, maybe better, maybe easier or maybe harder in some ways. Cause the kids, what do we do with them and things like that. So I don't know if that answers your question, but um, there was a, the, it, it wasn't as serious going in. Yeah, yeah, I that that gave me a couple of reflections. Sure. And I'm taking this all as my as my own kind of inspiration because I have things that I want to start, and there I got analysis paralysis. Yeah. And so the, the things I'm taking away from what you said is. One to start small without having big expectations. Yeah. Just let it be fun and let it be no pressure and just start it. And and then two, as you go, when things start getting bigger and getting scarier, stick to what stick to your truth. Stick to what is what is in, inspiring for you, and also stick to those um, those messages of guidance from people who are encouraging you. I think it's I think it's brave these days <laughs> to speak what you believe is true and then also to put yourself out there knowing that we're fallible and knowing that we make mistakes and saying hey i'm a human i'm probably going to make mistakes in this process like yeah i'm just being brave enough to let people see me do it yeah. and then kind of continuing on with that and, and trusting that i'm doing work that's important and then the third thing is letting it evolve and letting it change, which is what you said about like, as it grows stale, letting it change, which I think is really inspiring to kind of let, allow ourselves to reinvent ourselves in the process. Definitely. That's my takeaway. 
Awesome. Awesome. You added some Super cool. Yeah. I, I think starting small is really important and not, not having those expectations of, you know, likes or shares or whatever, just like putting the content out there is so important and being really steady with it. I think not to toot my own horn, but I, something that I, what I felt like was really uh, helpful for me was just like putting the, the, the episodes out there, like weekly, whatever it was like in the beginning, it was like monthly, I think twice a month or something. I started small, like, okay, twice a month, just going to do it. Even if it wasn't the most exciting person or that wasn't the most exciting topic, I just had them out there. And then that builds like real momentum, I think. Not not even like in the spiritual sense, but in the material sense of like podcasting practicalities and and building an audience and things like that. That's what I got from some people who I spoke to was like, you just got to put the content out there no matter what. Even if you don't like the episode, whatever, just put it out there. So what I'm hearing you say is do your duty and don't be attached to the results. Right. Karma nevadikar stay, right? That's what I'm hearing. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Okay, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem, Kumari. Thank you. It was nice. It. Yeah, it was nice talking to you. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. All right, there we go. For our next caller, call the number 201-292-4222 if you want to talk to me on the podcast. Jay Jagannath Prabhu is not on yet. He's still having difficulty uh, connecting, but this is fun. We've been, uh, you know, having... Kumari on, which is really nice. She, she's been on the podcast before. I think she's starting her own podcast, I'm pretty sure. Uh, that would be really fun. Um, some questions on YouTube. Do we have questions on YouTube? Let's see. Can we ask a question via YouTube? Yeah, go for it. Ro, uh, Ronit Nai, if you have a question, I'll post it. But if you want to call as well, you can call that number. I wonder if anyone's watching from America. There's this all out of country. It's kind of nerve wracking. You know who's going to call. All right, here we go. I hate it when I know who it is because it shows up on my caller ID. Uh, hi, Krishna. You were listening to Late Morning Program. Who's this? Mukunda. Hey, Mukunda. How's it going? <laughs> Yeah, good, good, good. What's up? I uh, just wanted to say hello. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, this is so weird because there's a delay from your live to me talking to you on the phone. Anyway, oh, yeah, you probably should go in another room or something. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, just wanted to see how your holidays are. My holidays have been good. Uh, my in-laws are here, uh, so it's been really nice uh, hanging out with them and uh, just been re relaxing and eating a lot. And yeah, it's been it's been good good holiday. That's cool. I'll call in later. I just wanted to uh, say hello. <laughs> okay, thanks, Makunda. Haribo. Haribo. All right, who's our next caller? All right, we have uh, some comments here. Good idea to have this kind of episode. Congratulations. Greetings from Radhadesh. Thank you so much. You're doing a great job, Sri Sundari. Thank you so much. Kamaniya says you have amazing in-laws. Thank you so much. All right, next caller. And again, someone else I know. 
Hare Krishna, who's this? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. It's Nam Rastru. Yes, Hare Krishna. Hey, Eddie boy, are we are we on the call? We are on the you're on the call. You're live. We are we're live on the oh my god, live. We're uh, I'm here driving with Isandra. Hey, how you all, guys? How's it going? We're doing good. We're just uh, in the sunny, sunny New York. A nice uh, sunny day. And uh, we're just driving down to the city. So we just thought we'd stop by. Say hi, Bo. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really have been appreciative of all of the podcasts you've been putting out. And it's just a real pleasure to see it, you know, being so consistent and so informative and so many interesting devotees and so many amazing perspectives. So it's been a real, it's been a real treat for us. Thank so you. Thank you for that. You know, thank I know a lot goes into it and it's, it's a lot of uh, dedication and time and it's also you're a great host. So, you know, really appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks so much, Rasik Mohan Prabhu. If you don't know Rasik Mohan Prabhu, he has a project upstate, Bhaktabandav. Go check them out on, on social media. They're, they're doing amazing things. Uh, up there in upstate New York, they have a large property. They have many wonderful dedicated devotees there, beautiful deities. They're doing programs. Go check it out if you if you don't know. I'm a good friend as well. Ishan, hi Krishna. <laughs> Not just a good podcaster, a good friend, a good devotee. Very nice now. Thank you for everything. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Mr. Ham and all the kids. Hope you guys are having a great holiday. Thank you so much. Take care. What do What are you looking forward to in the next year? Oh, okay. Any, uh... Yeah. Um. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some some other creative uh, projects. I don't know what exactly, but uh, I kind of want to regroup and and think about podcasting a little bit more. What I love about it, what I don't like about it, and try to move forward, even if it's a little bit of a change. Okay. Yeah. Any uh, keeping it confidential? Any any teasers? <laughs> well, uh, to uh, you know, one really exciting thing is that there's a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur who lives in Mayapur, not in on the Iskon property, but somewhere else. Some devotees know him. He was seven years old when he got Hari Nam from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. Wow. He's still alive. And so I said, "Hey, can you go there with your phone? Can I talk to him? Can I interview him?" And they're like, yeah, let's set it up. So that might be the, the coolest episode ever. Wow, that sounds fantastic. With, I mean, does he speak English? No, I don't think he speaks English, but I could uh, have a translator and, um, yeah. you know, just talk to him. I did some interviews of old Vaishnavas. I did an interview of a Baba, Ranga Baba. He was almost 100 when I interviewed him. Really? It's amazing to hear from the old sadhus, you know, they have such a wealth of, Experience, but also just it's a different era, different time. So it's like speaking to someone from a different age, almost. Right. Really nice. Cool. Well, that sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, All right. I won't hold you too long. But, All right. Uh, Thanks, Rasik Mohan Prabhu. Take care. Howdy, ball. All right. If you want to call the number, 201-292-4222. All right, here we have another caller. Hare Krishna. 
Hi, Krishna, you're on the late morning program. Who's this? Hare Krishna. Chintamani. Hare Krishna. Hello, I'm Prabhupada disciple. Oh, Hare Krishna, Mataji. Um, there's a delay. I'm confused. Yeah, you you'd probably have to go. You probably have to go into another room. Okay, I'm a Sri Prabhupada disciple. Okay. I was initiated in 1969. Oh wow! And Sri Prabhupada sent me to Japan to open the temple. Uh, I was married to Sidama. Maharaj, well, he's a Maharaj after. Oh, right. Right. So, Bali Mardan and Sudama and I went to uh, Kyoto and Tokyo in 1969. And then he took Sanyas in 1972. And I went to Hong Kong and then I went to, uh, I helped open the first temple in Manila, in the Philippines. Wow. With Sudama with Sudama Deeper Maharaj and Ramaharshan. <clears throat> and I heard that sometimes, I like your show. I'm kind of new to it. Oh, thanks. But I really like your show. Um, in Detroit, Michigan, I in a, a temple house. And <clears throat> I heard you say sometimes you have people that aren't so interesting, so I'm open if you ever want to um, <laughs> learn about what it was like to open those two temples. I have quite a few interesting Stories. Prabhupada came to Tokyo two times, and I got to cook for him. And, wow! Uh, it was, it was it, and Brahmananda came because the Krishna book was printed in in Tokyo, and so Brahmananda came and brought the Krishna books to Prabhupada. So cool! Thank anyway, you so I much. I, I I appreciate what you're doing. Thank so you much. so much for for calling. I I really appreciate hearing about your. Uh, your story very briefly, but that's amazing. Uh, we, uh, I'm very in awe of all the disciples of Srila Prabhupada who made so many sacrifices that we don't know about. I mean, I, you know, unfortunately, it's not possible for all the disciples of Prabhupada to t share their stories, you know, via the books or mm -hmm. or uh, biographies. But whenever I do, I, I just have the utmost respect for for your generation and and what they did. Uh, pioneering this movement, uh, or else I wouldn't have been here. My parents wouldn't have been here. It's, it's. Uh, we owe a debt to you and your your generation. Thank you so much for calling. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Wow, that was great. Very nice. Thank you. If you're interested in talking again, call two zero one two nine two four two 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 to talk to me. So Jai Jagannath Prabhu is still having issues, uh, so he's not going to be able to join just just now. Who else do we have? Okay, about fifty people watching across the I've never done an episode like this, but it's kind of fun. All right, here we go. The man himself. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Is it clear? It's clear. Yeah. All right, great. The camera isn't so good. That's you could you could tilt harder. it down, tilt it down a little. It's on the Mac. Yeah, that's good. That's fine. All right, cool. Awesome. 
All right. Apologies. Technical difficulties. No, nah, that's okay. I'm basically old. So everything, as soon as the technology increases a little bit more, I become more and more obsolete. <laughs> I feel like, like, like my mom now. Oh. <laughs> so we, we took a bunch of calls already, which is really, which is really awesome. Yeah, which you covered. So, so um, Kumari first called. And she asked me a few questions about like, um, how did you, like, how did you work past certain like obstacles that you might have had, or how did you start and things. So I like briefly, I briefly said a few things, and then Rasik Mohan called him and Ishan just were like appreciating it, and then one Mataji from uh, Detroit named Chintamani Devidasi, who's a disciple of Shila Prabhupada, got initiated in like 1960 nine or something Dang. i don't even know her she's she's like i really like your show and and she was like if you want me to come on and talk about like how we started uh a temple in philippines like i was like whoa cool anyway uh that means you have to continue after this 100th episode right no for sure we have to continue but just okay. don't know what it's gonna look like exactly okay well let's get into that can i ask my questions yes please I'll go for it. Off the interview i'm really sorry for being late y'all it's just being no don't worry about it it's all right. absolutely I want to hear, we want to hear about what inspired you to first start a podcast. Practically before talking to you, I didn't even know what a podcast really was. <laughs> I, knew, like, I knew Joe Rogan had a podcast, but I didn't know what a podcast was. Right. And you started talking to me about doing a podcast and I didn't even know what that was. And so what, what was the inspiration for that? So uh, first of all, like to give respect to Joe Rogan, the Ishta Dave of all podcasters. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, it, it first started out, my, I had an attraction to being a radio host since I was a kid. Like I love everything about like broadcasting and things like that. I thought it was so fascinating. And so that desire like came together with like talking to you and at the, like, I think you were out over our house or something. Yeah. And you, we were just like talking about something, whether it was like an ISKCON issue or a f philosophical issue or something. And I was like, someone should be recording this conversation. If people can watch this conversation, it would be so helpful. Like I'm, I could be, uh, I could play the part of like the audience asking questions, but it's like all recorded and it's just a conversation. So then I started to think about it more and I was like, why isn't anybody doing this? I could do this. Maybe let's try it. So I started like buying mics and mixers and things like that. And um, I have some like really old footage of like me testing out stuff. It's really hilarious. But um, I thought that using that technology paired with, uh, you know, philosophy and subjects that we talk about subjects that are important to us as devotees that we sometimes don't talk about putting those things together could be a good idea but that that idea didn't come together until a number of episodes later it was really as a joke first like what do you mean as a joke like we could just talk about funny things oh, okay like i was in that kind of like comic phase of like i was drawing comics and i was making lots of memes and i was like this could be an added thing to the whole funny Namras package. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was the first episode. That wasn't a joke to me. Not a joke. Seriously. Yeah, not a joke per se, but like more like less serious than like then then the later episode we did on like homosexuality or um, you know, all these like plethora of other like controversial things that we talked about. 
it became more like, okay. And I got messages from devotees like, this is really helpful. This is really helping me in my, in my own Krishna consciousness and stuff. So I thought that, I thought that, uh, then it became, I was like, Oh, hold on a second. This is becoming a little bit more serious than I thought. Maybe I should, maybe I should put more thought into this and maybe I should devote more time to this and, and continue doing it. Right. I, I, this was actually my last question, but since you're kind of touching on it now, I'm going to ask it now. You know, when you started the podcast, it was kind of like a fun thing, kind of like a hobby. I think you intended it as like an extracurricular hobby that you would do when you have time, especially I think in the first two years of your podcast, you put out like 12 episodes or yeah, like, a, like, like a very yeah. small amount of episodes. Yes. So yes. it was very much like a hobby that I'll do when I have extra time to do it. And now with your determination to finish 100 episodes this year, and congratulations, this is your 100th you. episode. Thank you so now much. it seems like it's turned into like an actual offering where like a, like an actual service to the community of devotees. So I'm kind of I'm kind of wanting to pick your mind or maybe you can explain your the thought process or your inner world from like hobby to service. Because even like, honestly, I'm not going to lie, Karuna Avatar and I, when we started our Arise podcast, yeah, um, we were like very consistent every week putting out an episode every every week and i remember saying to i'm like we're about to catch up with non ross in terms of output of episodes <laughs> and then suddenly you were just like <laughs> you just like took off running and so we thought like maybe there was like a little bit of like competition spirit there and he was like i gotta up my game up my ante i'm not saying that that's that was our thinking right. but it kind of transformed from hobby to like an actual it seems like an actual service to the community and i want to know how you see your podcast from beginning to what it is now. Yeah. Uh, devotees talk to me and are like, you're doing a great service. We love the service you're doing and using the word service. I don't, I, I'm really struggling to see it like that. Why? I don't know. It, it, it's because, because I feel like, I think we might've spoke of this, about this before, but like, I feel like I started, the, this was my idea. Like when I think of service, I think like someone like, you know, gives you a service someone is like okay do this this could be good for you or something but when it's something that i made up and i it was like my idea then it's like i'm doing it for like a self maybe um, doing it for a selfish reason like it's fun sometimes it's interesting um so i'm i i still have yet to develop this like mm. this is my service like when i think of service i'm thinking of like okay i'm taking care of my family uh you know all other things that i'm like that have been given to me to do i don't know if this is relevant to what you're saying but some i've heard something to the effect that leaders are not like you can't just proclaim yourself a leader you have to just demonstrate leadership and then people kind of gravitate around that right. or using our language and like go to Vaishnavism in relationship to the guru we say that the guru is self-evident, right? Mm -hmm. He's self-effulgent and self-evident. So if you right. walk into the room talking about, hey, everyone, I'm the guru. <laughs> no, man, you know, it's supposed to be, you're supposed to be self-effulgent. If you got to like proclaim yourself the guru, then it takes away from the self-evidence or self-effulgence of it. So could, you, could it be the case that what started off as something that you just were doing as a hobby can transform to an offering that could be made because of the circumstances? Like yeah. someone had to stand up and do something and you, you, you're the one who did it. And so right. now it becomes like a service to the community. And they're kind of, in one sense, if they're calling it as a service, 
is it not evidence enough that that's what it is at least as yeah. far as what it's being received yeah i'm 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 developing a more a service attitude towards this service you could say um I, I want to develop it even more in my mind just so I can take it more seriously. And cause I can, I can stop my service. Like after hundred episodes, I'm like, all right, I'm, you know, uh, that's it. Like my service. That was, your, that was your original um, objective. It seems like, at least when you told me that you were going to do a hundred, it was like, I'm going to do a hundred episodes and then I quit because mm. there's too much pressure. I have yes. family obligations and, and I'm going to just quit. Yeah, and I remember it's being like, no, you can't do that. This is too important now. So, do you still feel the same way, having achieved this goal of a hundred episodes? Um, I, I do want to continue because there's still a few episodes that I, a few guests that I really like to have on. Mm. So, I, I don't want to end it, but I do want to, I do want to regroup and refine my love for the podcast. Like when I was in like my 50th episode and I was just like cranking them out, that was fun. It was, it was exciting. And I was like doing it now, like I'm on like, you know, in the nineties. And then now last one, it's like, I'm like, okay, like, well, let's, let's take a break. You know, it's like very, it's, it's like very, um, it's been very tiring in some ways, uh, in a lot of ways, actually, just scheduling practicality wise. It's been hard. Let's hear about that. I have that as one of yeah. the questions on here. Like, what challenges have you experienced in conducting the podcast? Sure. I'm a person who I, I did a podcast in 2020 with Kishore Chandra called Chit Chat. And we did That's every good. day for like, I don't know, two, almost a year. And then I have the Arise podcast. And I know some of the challenges that come up are just like internal. Like, you, you know, you're going through, like, the vicissitudes of life. And emotionally, you could be, like, like often with me, I'm, like, feeling, like, depressed. I'm just, like, don't want to do it. I'm not I'm not there. And then you got to show up for the podcast. It's, like, very demanding. And it seems, like, very – it's just, like, talking. How difficult can it be? Yeah. But when the inner world is, like, shifting, the outer world is, like, all over the place. And yes. it becomes, like, a real burden. I know practically in 2020, everyone was starting a podcast. <laughs> Like, I was like, okay, let's, let's start a podcast and we, we got to stay inside. But hardly anyone was able to keep it up because there's just so many challenges in doing so. I'm just speaking to one of the challenges. But yeah. what, are some, what are some of the challenges that you're meeting? Because I think a lot of the criticisms that come can also come because people don't appreciate how challenging it is to keep up a podcast. There, there, there are a number of challenges. Um, one of them was, well, some of them were very purely practical. Right. Uh, big shout out to my wife for being incredibly supportive. Uh, every weekend, sometimes twice in a weekend, I'm like out, f you know, four hours, right. two hours or th six hours, even three hours, sometimes at a time. Uh, you know, while in the weekend, I'm supposed to be helping with the kids and stuff. Right. So she's been very supportive. She's been very supportive in the sense of also like, no, you should continue doing this. This is really helpful. This is really good. Um, but it also, it's like, I need to help her. I need to, you know, I need to spend more time with my kids. I need to do all that stuff. So that's, that was a challenge. Uh, and also a pra another practical challenge was like when, when you have certain guests, they're not in the same time zone as you. Right. Like I recorded a bunch of podcasts, like five in the morning five to seven o'clock in the morning and oh, then put them out, you know, or do it late at night, like right. nine o'clock to 11, you know? So that, that was a challenge in, in, in many ways. Uh, and then cr criticism wise also, it was right. a challenge. 
uh, when I did those kind of controversial episodes, whether it was about the, you know, the, you know, what and or or the about, uh, you know, uh, female diction guru. That one's that one was that one was an interesting one because it was like people were criticizing, like, why are you having men come on to talk about female issues and stuff? Yeah, and, um, you know, I had to kind of like read all the comments and see if I was going to reply or not reply. Yeah. And then and then that time when I came to you and I was like, I want to I want to, you know, quit this because I can't deal with this this anymore. It's like too right. much. Right. Like, I was th- I remember how I was thinking. I was like, why do I have to be the martyr to kind of bring out all these um, topics and like have it weigh on my mind so much? Well, I could just be like carefree and not have to bring it out to the public and just do my own thing and stuff like that. How did you get the, the criticisms? Because the internet is not a place that's inclined towards benevolence. <laughs> that's obviously true for the secular world. Yeah. But if 2020 taught me anything, it's also true for our devotional community. We don't seem particularly inclined towards benevolence, at least when it comes to like articulating our feelings. People can write whole essays, yeah. you know, giving, quote, constructive criticism. I'm like, where's the constructive appreciation? <laughs> like, I know this is hard. This is hard to deal with. And I know I heard the critique about you that you weren't good at accepting constructive criticism. Right. And it's like, well, it's okay when it's like one or two people that I'm confident care about me. But when it's like 20 people, 30 people, 40 people offering constructive criticism, you yeah. can become buried under a cloud of just like sadness because of that. So I'm kind of curious about that particular element of struggle with the podcast. And as far as your experience has been concerned, that like the ratio of critique versus appreciation. So how did you how did you deal with that, particularly the criticism part? Yeah, I I think uh, the criticism uh, was very difficult to deal with in the in the beginning because it was coming from. It was it was a very harsh in some ways. Like one devotee told me, like he think he might have wrote a comment, like I don't even know how much you actually care about ISKCON or something. Uh, like, do you even care about this society or anything? And I was like, I was just so hurt by that. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- does I don't think anything I can do like can warrant someone to say that right. to me, or in some ways, may, I mean, maybe that's a perspective, but like. It was hard, but then, but then I, I kind of started developing a certain tough skin as time went on, and and de- that developing of tough skin came from devotees who I appreciate saying, "Hey, don't listen to the criticism. Just continue going forward. Continue doing this, mm-hmm. and in your heart, if you feel like it's the right thing to do, then go forward and 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 do that. And you learn on the way, and you make mistakes. I made mistakes on the way for sure. Right. I'm not a perfect person. I don't feel like I. I, I did everything perfectly or made all the perfect choices or anything. But as time, you know, I am who I am. This is my offering. This is my podcast. And this is how I'm choosing to express it. So another another thing was trying to separate my own um, my own feelings and my own uh, like opinions from from what's being said sometimes was also a difficult challenge and kind of i got criticism from that too like hey just because you're like that you want to platform a certain 
person or a certain thing like uh, yeah or or i want to kind of even the playing ground a little because i see in our society right. that only a certain things being said and so i want to i want to echo or i want to uh amplify a certain other uh opinion right so Did you, was there any con like con criticism that you found actually constructive and that you like took to heart and it yeah for sure perspective? can you recall any like, one one Prabhupada disciple on the on the on the comments, this is why I remember was like, Why don't you wear T lock? This is the number one Hare Krishna podcast. You should wear T lock. And I was like, That's true, Prabhu. You're right. Every every episode since that episode, I've been wearing T lock. Dude, so, you warned me. I would have put on some T lock. <laughs> <laughs> but um other other criticism that I took to heart was um recently someone told me like don't hide your opinions on the podcast, which I'm still trying to deal with because journalism, like you're not supposed to like, it's not an opinion piece, right? It's like, I'm just, I'm just bringing people on and hearing them out and kind of reflecting what they're saying and things like, so I shouldn't bring all my opinions on because then it becomes like Namras's opinion podcast, which is not, it's interesting in some ways, but it's also takes away from the guest perhaps or the subject matter in some ways um okay do you think it could be helpful to share more of your opinion just for dialectical purposes i mean one thing that i've i've observed and i think is true is that our generation isn't very it seems like we're not very good at dialectics you know and the way i think of dialectics is like debate is like you're trying to conquer over the other person practically by any means necessary at least as, as far as it seems to have deteriorated. But a dialectic is like you have two opinions that are like at polar opposites and they're clashing for the purpose of coming to something that's true. Mm. So less about like conquering over the other person and more about what, what is the truth of the matter. And we're literally on polar opposites and we're going to clash not for the purpose of conquest, but for the purpose of illumination. Like we just want to understand what is the truth. And so yeah. in that context, do you think sharing your opinions more could be helpful for creating that dialectical sort of space? Yeah. I mean, I'm not the most <laughs> articulate person when it comes to like articulating ideas and things, but I can mm -hmm. like extract things. So I've never like I was I was legit nervous when for you interviewing me. I was just like, why am I so nervous? Why am I like breathing heavier and shaking and stuff? Like this is crazy. This is my hundredth podcast. I've done a hundred podcasts. Like I should be scared of doing this. But for some reason, talking about myself and 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 kind of developing my own ideas and articulating my thoughts and things, it's like a challenge for me. Mm. But it's it's less of a challenge when I'm like reflecting what someone's saying or asking questions or extracting information from someone or interviewing someone else. So um, I think it is important. Maybe in the future, I will do ones that I have, you know, a certain saying and, or, or, or a certain subject matter, but I like, to, I'm not, I'm not so about that, to be honest. Like I like to keep myself kind of out of it. Uh, and also you can just get in trouble <laughs> really easily. I have very, I have very strong opinions about things and, and if I just fully, not fully bring myself out there, but um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to fully open up, up myself. Anyway, so, I could say personally, I found your style of presentation very, um, 
like very like for the variety of people out there who will be hearing you, I found your vibration and your tone and your presentation to be very welcoming to all sorts of people because particularly because you don't appear to be extremely opinionated or you're <laughs> really not sharing your strong opinions about things. You're kind of just like reflecting. And also honestly, the lack of, I mean, this is your own words, but your lack in being able to articulate things and very, I think that makes it easier to hear from you actually. Mm. Because you look like a person who's like, well, he doesn't really know what's going on. Maybe he doesn't really know what he's talking about or, okay, right. we know he has strong opinions, but it's not really clear in his head. <laughs> someone, it's, it's probably it's, true. It's part, maybe partially true. So if someone can like just convince him, so that makes it easier to kind of like want to hear from you. Like, cause it's right. basically, if you were more articulate, then we would probably feel that you have some agenda. Mm. And that's un some undercurrent there that would make it harder for us to be, you know, embracing of your your podcast. So I actually found that to be one of your particular strengths in presentation. Thank you, appreciate. It. You always been a you always been an advocate. Thank you, <laughs> appreciate that a lot. Okay, I had this other question. Um, how do you understand the impact of your podcast on the devotional community? Um, I think I came up with this question in regards to the fact that you've had devotees from several sanghas on your podcast, yeah. like Sri Chaitanya Sangha with Tripurari Swami, Bhakti Bandhav Sangha, you know, sort of the Gaudiya Math film. Um, I think the only thing you haven't had on yet is like Satya Narayan, <laughs> you know, something yeah. sort of very controversial. So you've seen it like be kind of your podcast seem to be a space of like bridging gaps between sort of sanghas. At least yeah. it kind of started to speak to me in that particular way. Um, how do you envision the impact? Like, how do you think the impact of your podcast has been on the community as a whole? I think it's, I've, I've seen like a lot of devotees have, who who might've uh, seen me or felt suspicious towards me after having certain devotees on, they've mm -hmm. got, they just like open their hearts to me. Wow. Like devotees and other sanghas. Like, okay, this guy's an ISKCON guy. Like I'm an ISKCON initiated devotee but i'm open to hearing all devotees no matter if you're iskon or not to come mm. on the podcast and to, like when i had you know when i had rasik mohan on when i had jadrani mataji on their right. whole their whole sangha was like this guy's one of us now <laughs> i want hey, you guys too we're all, we're all the same so i think what happens is um i'm it's kind of like blurring the lines between the sanghas uh in a good way Okay. Uh, like, just just to um, show that okay, we might not be in the same institution, but we're all cousins. We're all brothers and sisters. We're mm. all part of the Chaitanya tree, mm. and we can have a conversation with each other without it being like, "You're coming to my temple and taking devotees," or "I'm coming to your temple to criticize my your guru," or things like like stupid things like that, right. which which are which were concerns in the nineties and things like that. But I don't think there's a concern anymore, to be honest. I think we need to stop. Well, I don't know. I think there, there might be some concern from at least you've gotten a lot of feedback from previous generations, devotees about your invitation of devotees from different sanghas, you know, not maybe not all the way across the board, but with certain guests, you've certainly gotten pushback from previous generation devotees. Yeah, totally. While you're inviting those sorts of devotees onto your platform. 
Yeah. What do you say about that? What, is, do, what do you hear when you hear that pushback? Do you hear like wisdom or do you hear like um, a previous generation sort of, you know, um, issue? I, I do. I to be honest, to be brutally honest, I do hear it as a previous generation issue. You don't I see don't, the wisdom in that. No, I don't. Can you elaborate? It's it's when when certain you know when devotees have a certain me too when we are our upbringing is a certain way right and 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 we have certain experiences as devotees those experiences come with us and stay with us stay with us for the rest of our lives and right. when someone is doing something different that's against or or, or is kind of um in offensive offensive of of that experience then we might push back on that which i which i did get pushed back from but that's not my experience that's your experience mm. you know that's not my experience so right. don't push your experience on me i'm a grown man <laughs> i'm a grown ass man sorry to say that I, I i can have my own experience of krishna consciousness and and uh dealing with other devotees from other institutions and sanghas Right. Like, let me allow, let me create my own experience of them. Mm. Don't tell me how to experience it. Mm. And that might be just my personality too. I'm like a, I don't know. I'm, I'm uh, lately I've been kind of like anti establishment in some ways. Wow. Some ways. That, that's coming out maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm not like, I'm like not against anybody, but uh, right. I feel like, you know, I really loved Mother Urmila's episode of of uh, when she came on. And she talked about the how um, centralization is like the enemy of. Can't remember exactly. I don't want to misrepresent it, but she was like saying centralization is like not what Prabhupada wanted. Mm -hmm. Like when it's too centralized and too um, uh, too um, controlled, mm -hmm. like it has to be a little bit like hands off, like let things develop organically and things like that. I don't know. I, I probably I probably sound like super arrogant right now, but no, I, you know, I if I can reflect a little bit on this also, yeah. um, I feel like every generation of devotees will have to discover their own mission and contribution to the greater Gaudiya Sampradaya. So, like with the first generation of ISKCON devotees, like Prabhupada disciples, they had a particular mission. You know, they were getting the movement started, and certain things were required to solidify that. And that was kind of like their contribution to the Gaudiya Sampradaya. And now we're like the next generation, like children who have to like come into our own and come to discover what will be our particular mission, our particular contribution to the greater family. And that contribution is going to be in some ways distinct from the previous contribution necessarily, especially yeah. in the sense that we're not starting a new movement, but we're, we're gonna be um, having to hold the responsibility of carrying it forward. So our mission and our contribution is going to look different. And I and um, I don't know exactly what that is. I think we have to come, we're not gonna come to discover it by cogitation, but we have to like actually live it out and make mistakes and come to discover what that, what that contribution is finally going to be. But in my head, what I'm observing amongst our generation of devotees and what I'm gonna suggest might be our contribution is kind of like healing I know this word's gonna sound like super new agey and cringy, and I don't mean it that way. I'm definitely not into that. But kind of <laughs> like the healing of schisms, mm. like the healing of schisms, not only between sanghas, but I like I've I've noticed another trend amongst devotees is like 
they're kind of getting to like the psychology, spirituality connection, like Enneagram and people kind of wanting to bridge that schism between like their emotional world and then like their spiritual life. Or with the Arise podcast, we're talking a lot about sexuality and the spirituality of kind of healing that schism. I feel like our generation's got a lot of healing to do, you know, from the things that have come up or emerged from the previous generation. So our mission is going to be different. Totally. I feel like your podcast kind of represents a small, um, yeah, it's like a symbol of that work that's probably going to be the work of the broader generation. And I doesn't, I don't think that's proud. I just, it just is what it is. Yeah. And you are. Thank you. Okay. um, Another question I have here before we get into some specific episodes. Um, Okay. I kind of already asked this question. Um, so yeah, let's get into this. So what were some of your favorite episodes and why? Um, everyone, I, I sent these questions to Nam Ross before we did the episode. So he had time <laughs> to reflect on these things. It's not I, <laughs> dude, I wrote a few things down like half an hour before. Um, I liked some uh, the episodes that stand out to me were Achuta Bhava's first episode about ayahuasca. Okay. And his like whole journey in Krishna consciousness, it was just so fascinating. And he's so articulate and he's so like easy to talk to. Mm. It was just so fun to listen to the episode and just be there with him. Not even like, not even like that there was cameras and there's mics and things, but just like really focusing and hearing what this devotee is saying and just like feeling his journey. I really got into it. Like I felt like I was there with him and he was like describing it. And that was just, um, it was just like a really raw and amazing episode. And it was, ex- and it just like it left an impression on me. Like, mm. wow, this, this devotee had like a really amazing experience. And I was so glad to be able to like bring that to other devotees to hear. And I personally got so much from it. Mm. Um, I liked, um, Jadrani Mataji's both podcasts, like just talking to her is just, it's like, you know, she's like a, like a relic in, 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 you know, in our movement, like she was there from like the very beginning and just to like talk to her and for like that long, it was just, um, I was just so honored and like, I was, I was amongst like some really amazing sage, you know, Mm -hmm. and she was just like speaking her uh, wisdom and her and and she was very like talking to me like very in a friendly way. And she had no like sense of like, oh, I'm the the most senior person in this whole Krishna consciousness movement practically. Like, and I'm just like, nobody, dude. You know, like so that was so amazing. Her um, by Shesha Kaprabhu was so awesome to talk to. Also, always when I talk to him, I'm always just like, I feel so pure and I feel so cleansed and like his even through the computer, it came through his, his personality and everything. Um, and it was about book distribution and stuff. Um, Padmanabh Swami, always awesome to talk to him. Uh, just his, the way he articulates Krishna consciousness. So I guess the, the theme would be that devotees that I admire their Krishna, I admire their Krishna consciousness a lot. Mm. When I speak to them, I feel just very, um, I, I feel very Krishna conscious. Mm. And I feel that it's those are my favorite episodes uh, because they after I'm done after the computer's off I feel like like let's chant <laughs> let's read 
let's do some kirtan or do you know like how you're supposed to feel when you're in sangha with a devotee Mm -hmm. those have been my favorite ones and they've been ones where i also which i really like that were controversial um Mm -hmm. had a, a a large impact hearing it later like your episode about homosexuality that was a hit devotees still to this day message me about like hey that was a great episode you know gbc members like messaging me like um about other things but then they start out with like hey that was a great episode or um or they or they message me like hey can you send me the link for that episode because some other other senior devotee told me about it hey they're like hey you should listen to this so I, i i think the, the, the Krishna conscious, really deeply senior devotees that I've heard from, and also the friends that I've heard from, like yourself, Achyuta Bhava, um, and other devotees whose um, experiences that came out in the episodes in a really beautiful and deep way, and that have had lasting, like, ripple effects even to this day. Right. It's been really, really nice. Now, there's been some ripple effects with the controversial topics that you've had yeah. on. And um, I have some <laughs> questions about that. Just not sure. really getting the details, but you've had controversial episodes in both the sort of like sociological, you know, aspect or category and also like a theological category. And I kind of want to hear, I, I want to hear your experience about that. But I guess the first question I want to ask in this regard is that with certain issues, especially when it came to like social issues, you have one like, okay, the homosexuality one, the Black Lives Matter one, um, the vaccine one. Um, you you did one with- um, I No, think- you said the word. <laughs> we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a um, fact checker at the bottom of this now. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. You just said poke. Like, oh my God. <laughs> and then you have one, you had an interesting episode with, um, Garangi Devi, was it? Um, and it was about like, well, it sounded like a whole bunch of conspiracy theories, but Srila oh, Prabhupada. Govinda Dasi. Yeah, Govinda Dasi. Yeah, Govinda Dasi. Yeah, that was awesome. So you've had a lot of, you've had a lot of voices on your episode, on, on your platform. And I'm sure you've gotten the criticism um, that you have to be responsible about who you're platforming because you're, you know, giving voice to, Yes. You know, misinformation, you're giving voice to a dangerous idea that, you know, that's one thing that I hear a lot of. If you hear this side of thing, that's dangerous. And so you shouldn't be platforming such things. Yeah. And you have a responsibility now to platform only certain voices and to, you know, how do you hear th- those sorts of things? Like, how do you see your responsibility in this regard? I struggled a lot with the with all those I think after every episode that I did like that, I was like, I had to like sit down and like think. And I got lots of messages from people, Chris, critical messages, supportive messages, nothing too crazy to be honest, because um, I don't know. I, I, I tried to come off a little bit neutral in some ways, but uh, the vaccine one was, I did two of them. I think even three of them. There was like Prahlad and Swami, which got banned on YouTube. Like they took it off. They gave me a strike. Right. Then there was the Sita Pati one. That was the right. one where, you know, it was in re- it was in reaction to different devotees saying that, you know, why it was the right choice for me writing those right. articles and things. Right. And then um, and then I think I did another one with Sita Pati. Right. Um, so it, it you know. I just wanted to 
I just wanted to kind of level out the playing ground in the sense of just we were hearing so much of one side of this whole thing from mm -hmm. devotees mm -hmm. and from the you know from the official stances and things like that right. so i wanted to just give the other side of the opinion even if it was my opinion or not like mm -hmm. i still would have tried to to do that and it wasn't offensive to anybody right. like, i don't think it was offensive i personally feel like i have a gauge of like okay when i'm going too far Mm. And I think it wasn't too far. I think now we see, you know, it's been months and months since then. Like now even more has been coming out about this whole thing. Right. Like, Why do you feel it's important to, as using your language, to level the playing field? What, what, what that particular topic, since you're zooming in on that one? Yeah, I mean, because I, I guess a part of me was involved in it a part of my opinion was in it like mm. hey okay i might not think that way but um yeah i guess my opinion i did follow my my own opinion in that way like hey this mm. needs to be said too what about this and what about that or mm. devotees like really respected devotees like paladinanda swami right he was being silenced right <laughs> he was being silenced he his 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 whole health minister role was taken away because he didn't have the same uh, because he didn't have the same uh opinion as the, the other devotees right. like that that in itself was just like give this prabhu a platform right like give this maharaj a platform nam you have the you have the you know the platform to do that so why not do that so i did and, and, and and he, that was like one of the most that was one of the most popular episodes. Devotees really liked that, that was awesome. I obviously I loved it. So that's not neither here or there. Everyone's of course I loved it. But right. do you do you feel that um what about the critique that about the responsibility? Do you feel like you've there was any like level of irresponsibleness and sharing certain things that caused great confusion for devotees? And then this question is going to come up also when I about in the realm of the theological field because you got this criticism by having such conversations in the open. It also caused like a mass confusion, you know, and bewilderment that may have not been there before. I don't think it's irresponsible mm. to challenge someone's someone's own faith in something, mm. whether it's about the jab or whatever it's about Bhakti's inherency whatever i think it's healthy if people are challenged mm. in whatever their th whatever their thinking is i i was challenged and i f and i tried to work through it by you know bringing certain devotees on or talking about it with other devotees offline or whatever so i don't think it's irresponsible mm. i think it's i i don't think it's irresponsible because um it's it's a part of it's a part of um, people becoming more like wholesome and people understanding what their own position is like in the whole thing. Hmm. I, I did get criticism with the Bhakti's inherency thing a lot. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, same sort of question, but in regards to that, because you did a fall of the Jiva one, which, yeah. you know, kind of, it seemed like it opened up an old wound that that old nineties moon. <laughs> like oh, the old oh, We returned to the ghetto of the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And then right after, well, not right after, but soon after, you did the Bhakti Inherence one. And that just added like a whole nother layer of bewilderment. And I remember devotees messaging me 
yeah. about those episodes saying that I'm completely bewildered. How could this Prabhu, you know, platform this? This is this is doing harm to our faith. This is doing harm to our society. And you were getting that not only from like, you know, the new kid on the block, but you were getting that from quite senior people also. Yeah. And so, yeah, we kind of what's going on there was what was going on for Nam in that sort of situation. The back was, and forth messaging from this one and that one and the other. I mean, one. Jay, you were such a big support to me through that whole thing. Every single day, for those of you who don't know, I was messaging Jay every day, practically like, uh, what do I do? This person said this, and this person said that, and they're telling me that I'm doing like this, like working out how I thought about it or working out my motivations. Was I, was I, you know, really out to um make people confused or hurt someone's faith that wasn't my motivation that wasn't the motivation of the person who was coming on to talk about these things it's it was just uh the the more t time went on the more i was like obviously these things need to be talked out talked out talked mm -hmm. about and talked out because people still have a certain thing about like you're not supposed to go there or you're not supposed to say that or you're not you know like uh, yeah i understand something something uh really interesting is that pradumna prabhu shila prabhupada's sanskrit editor he's a regular listener for the podcast <laughs> yeah how awesome is that he That's, messages uh, me he messages me about certain things and he was saying what do you expect when you you talk about like philosophical issues in a in a in a big platform like this you're going to have people who don't understand or who don't or who feel like their faith has been uh you know who have need to defend their faith or need to you know you're going to have all kinds of right. um you're going to have all kinds of reactions you should be okay with that you know that's just how it is and and um that brought me some solace and things and i mean i, I bet because pradumna i mean i live with him so pradumna prabhu is very reserved about who he talks to right yeah like i lived with him for two years in um when i was at the bhakti center and like i don't think he ever talked to me like maybe once <laughs> <laughs> so for him to come out of his sort of introvertedness to share that that's that's saying a lot yeah it, it is saying a lot i really appreciate him and he's like another very historical person that i really you know i'm like so you know like like a celebrity in my eyes you know right, so. um but to answer your question what was going on in my mind was uh, a lot of turmoil, mm. a lot of turmoil. Like, am I doing the right thing or not? But then as time went on, I realized, yes, this is the right thing. These, and also hearing from that sadhu who came on the podcast, who's a very respectable, who's a very respectable person. And he was saying, um, don't stop doing this, no matter how controversial it is. Mm. Don't stop doing right. this. Right. And that really helped me a lot. Right. Do you think, because I've heard this critique about your invitation, and it, it does sometimes come off as this, like when you did the episode, Vaishnav controversy, you know, follow the Jiva Bhakti inherence. I guess just seeing it from the um, Facebook, for example, seeing it from online, it strikes a viewer as somewhat naive. Like you don't know what you're stepping into. You're yeah. just thinking like, I've, maybe it's clickbait. Someone may think like that, or even yes. if it's not clickbait, they can think that you're like you're very genuinely wanting to talk about a particular subject matter, but you haven't really thought about the implications of putting it out 
in the public like that. And so yeah. you're kind of just na naively stepping into a particular subject matter without considering deeply the implications it's going to have. And so I guess this might be a fair question that someone would have for you. Are you, did you with that particular episode, were you thinking deeply or was it just like, this would be a cool topic and it was kind of naive. And if so, has it made you reflect how you need to be a little bit more considerate in the future about certain topics and that maybe you need to reflect a little bit more and think more deeply about the implications it's going to have? Like, does it, does any of this strike you in any way? Totally, totally valid concern. Totally valid concern. I had a message from a guy who had just, you know, not a message. He think he wrote a com a long comment. He had just started maybe a little few years ago, and he he uh, listened to one of the episodes, and he was totally like, he was totally in turmoil. Mm. That episode wasn't for him, right. and 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 that's my mistake. Putting it all out there, like everyone listened to this. No, it shouldn't have been like that. Mm. I think he thought that it was an ISKCON podcast. It's not an ISKCON podcast. It's a Hare Krishna podcast. ISKCON's not the only Hare Krishnas in this world, believe it or not. <laughs> there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other devotees, and so I I very purposely called it the Hare the, the number one Hare Krishna podcast because I wanted to bring all kinds of people on, not just ISKCON people, even though it's a majority of ISKCON people. But yeah, I take that as a I take that as a takeaway uh, to think about more deeply in the future. Although fall of the Jiva, I mean, who still thinks we fell? I mean, come on. Do people still think that? I'm just kidding. I, I think I think that um we have I think I was a little naive in that way. For sure. I was. I'll admit it. Mm. But I I I, I wouldn't I, I don't regret doing the episode. Mm. I loved it. And I think it made people think. Like mm. it made people think, go back to wherever and be like, okay, let's look into this deeper. Let's let's study this a little bit more. Prabhupada said both things. How do we harmonize that? Mm. He said both things. Right. Whether it's about inherency or or fall of the jiva, it says he said both things. So how are you going to harmonize those things? Right. If 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 nothing else, if nothing else, people are starting to think more deeply. People are starting to question a little bit more. Hopefully not in a very challenging way that makes them go away, but in a way like, okay, well, I'm not just going to follow things superficially or or just be or just do what I'm told in, or think what I'm told. But let right. let's let's read a little bit more. Let's ask the better questions. Right. Let's approach people who can answer those questions in a more satisfactory way. Right. I had a question, and this is kind of related to something earlier. You've had. Aside from senior devotees in the ISKCON Sangha reach out to you, you've had the GBC reach out to you on several occasions with some of your episodes with concern. Right. Um, I mean, I don't want to say which particular episodes, because the, but I remember you sharing some of the letters with me. Not yeah. the letters, but you just told me this thing. The mm -hmm. GBC reaching out. I mean, that seems like a that's a huge impact where you have a you know, the governing body commission of a huge organization <laughs> reaching out to you because of your small, you know, relatively small platform, at least in your eyes. How did you, how did you experience that? I was super chuffed. You were I was like, I was like, wow, this is cool. Now I'm like making, making waves in certain ways, but I can't remember why they contacted me or someone contacted me, but um, I was humbled as well. 
I was like, um, okay, Krishna has kind of provided me uh, some popularity in this way, and I have to use it properly in the sense of not using it for my own self aggrandizement or my own sense gratification like looking for the likes looking for the shares looking for the you know the popularity or you know pratista you know all those things but looking at it in a way like i have to i have to do a service even though i don't see it that so much of that but this is a service to to devotees to platform correct correct in my eyes Things that can be inspiring to the rest of the devotee community, and and um, also, I mean, it's not a big deal that some devotees, like GBC members, contacted me. Like every, I feel like everyone. I feel like sometimes we sensationalize like what that is. Like we we kind of like make them into like this this like um. They're, they're like these people who are like overlords or looking over us like and like just, you know, throwing thunderbolts and like you have to don't say Radha and don't do this and stuff like that. Like it's not like that at all. It's like they're just they're devotees who have been trying for so many years to do their seva. And it may seem so imperfect in some ways like they haven't maybe they haven't been doing it to our liking and stuff. But I feel like everyone's trying and um yeah, I, I, my reaction was that like more of of humility, like wow, thank you for contacting me about that, and and uh, it wasn't it wasn't of something like oh I'm so cool and and you guys have to contact me, but I'm like this no one, you're like so big and things like that. It wasn't like that. It wasn't really like that. I guess on the inside, I'm I'm I try to be humble and. Hmm. Well, I think I have I've asked most of my questions. I'm gonna re-ask the um last one here a little sure. bit in terms of how oh, you- for those who are listening, we're still gonna take calls because some people have yeah. been asking, are we gonna still take calls? We are gonna still take calls after um this is the last this, question. And then I'm yeah, after this question we'll take of that so that they're sure. sure, sure, yeah. So um what is the podcast gonna look like look going into the future? Now that I think you've decided that you will continue this. And maybe you'll embrace it more as a service and less less of a hobby and more of a service. So in the future, 2022, how do you see the podcast going forward and developing? Probably not as many episodes or so rigorously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to do in-person again. In-person was so much fun. Right. Although remotely really allowed me to bring all kinds of people on from all over the world. But I, 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 there was something about in person which I really liked, and it it was like a different dynamic than all remote. Um, that's something that I like to do more of. Um, I'd I'd like to really, you know, choose my guests like people like people and subjects that I'm really excited to hear from. Mm-hmm. Like, don't settle for something just because you just want to get the numbers up, you know, like really filter everything and, and think about everything more deeply. Like, okay, I'm really excited to hear about this subject. I'm really excited to hear about this person or from this person and then do those Mm. and kind of like really tighten the, tighten the screw a little bit. So to say like, you know, yeah. In that way as well, I'd like to bring my wife on maybe, 
she's she's so fantastic in like in in speaking and and she's she our dynamic is really cool too like we can talk we don't talk over, sometimes we talk over each other but sometimes it's like very back and forth and and she's a great uh, articulator of thoughts and concepts and things so it'd be really fun to have her both of us interviewing one person would be really fun so i'm not sure how that looks like but i'd like to do that um more and um yeah, and and just really think about re refine re my love as I was saying, refine my love for podcasting because it's waning. Mm. It's waned to be honest. It, is it because it's just a sheer number? I I know for the last Corona Avatar and I when we were doing a Rise podcast, we were cranking them out, boom, boom, boom. We got to like episode. We're trying. We were aiming for fifty two before the year was over. Oh, nice. We got to like episode forty. We got to episode forty four, and we were like. We got this in the bag. It's all easy. And then it took us another three months to crank out the last eight episodes. It took us so long to do it. Right. I was just like, man, maybe our love for this is raining. This is too austere. Like that every it was just too much. And um, but by the end of it, we we started to rediscover our appreciation for what it was able to offer to ourselves primarily and also yeah. to the community. But um, do you think the sheer numbers of it? Because I was wondering about that, just to share. Yeah, that was a part of it. Okay. That was a part of it. Another part of it that I'm thinking now when you're talking is that I put out a certain part of myself for everyone to see. Mm. And then I get judged by that a lot. Like something that I hear a lot of devotees say when they see me in person is that like Namras is like thrives on controversy. He just loves controversy. Loves talking about controversial things. Right, right, right. I... Uh, I like talking about philosophical subject matter and I like talking about issues that we might face as a movement and stuff, but I don't live on controversy. Yeah. And the fact that someone thinks that of that's all who I am bothers right. me a little, mm. but mostly I don't think if you think about every, if you think too much about what other people think about you, then you'll go crazy. Right. But you know, when it's devotees and it's like, devotees you respect and things and they say that and it's like it, it, it pinches a little like of that's course. all i that's hmm. all i am that's all i am i'm just someone who thrives on controversy like people don't see the the rest of me you know right. and um that's like it's probably a, a false ego thing for sure like i'm so much more than than what i put yeah. out on 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 the podcast <clears throat> and i want other people to see it and things like you know like it's false ego for sure so that's something that i was struggling with well, it's the nature of the the age of the internet because you our pers our online persona is like an avatar which only yeah. represents one tiny fragment of ourselves, like a certain way of thinking about things at best people yeah. don't see all the nuances that goes on in your head when you have to write two sentences on facebook all they see is the two sentences and that's all they get and yeah. then you kind of get the whole of you gets crammed into that two sentences or that persona and then that becomes what you are and um i think it's just one of the challenges of the age like what do you say what do you do less of as unless you're just going to be like completely silent as soon as you put anything out on the internet that becomes like who you are you know mm -hmm. your profile you basically are the profile that you put out on the internet so it's just like one of the challenges of the age definitely definitely do you feel that a lot? Do you feel that at all? I mean, all the time. I mean, of course, I know the persona I put out is 
controversial. Yeah. And I don't think I'm like you that I don't I, I don't try, I don't thrive on controversy because I'm a pretty chill guy. Anyone who actually hangs out with me, I'm just happy go lucky. I'm jolly. I don't like being around too much melancholy because I was gonna mess with my jolliness. I'm a jolly guy. But, um, <laughs> but I'm not I don't shy away from challenges. Rather, it's challenges to my own conceptions about things or challenges about anything. And so, but when you put that out there on the internet, then it just looks like more the same that people are accustomed to encountering on the internet, which yeah. is like, you know, the savagery, the unapologetic, this, that, and the other. So it's hard to make a distinction between someone who's like genuinely putting something out there because they think it's important to dialect, have a dialectic with that, to come to something that's more illuminating and true. Versus someone who's just putting out there to be savage and to be mean and to be, it's very hard to tell the distinction between that. Yeah. And I guess you have to make a decision on how you want to represent your profile or your avatar on the internet. And you can't take it back sometimes. And you can't take it back. Yeah. <laughs> so I've definitely been called out like you for that. <clears throat> and I just, I guess it's just something you just have to live with. Yeah. Or just don't say anything, which is probably the best option, honestly. But I can't, I can't. I've been doing that lately, lately on Instagram, like usually posting so much. And lately I've been really pulling back. Like it's been cool, like not right. posting anything and just uh, taking the back seat kind of, and just right. like, but, but also I've, I miss it sometimes just sharing my life with people I care about and stuff. Right. So yeah, more of the, the more stories with the kids. We need that. We, right, we're right. For that. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks, Jay Jagannathabu, for for the really thoughtful questions. Jai. All right, let's let's open it up. If you want to talk to me and Jay Jagannathabu on on this right now, call that number on your screen: two zero one two nine two four triple two. Let's take. Let's see who the first caller is going to be. Are there? Are you only taking call-ins, or are there questions on the chat also? Uh, there's some questions on the chat. Let's see. Um, not appreciation. Uh, people telling me to continue. Not really any questions. Okay. You're an Ypsilanti. I am an Ypsilanti. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm almost scared to say why I came over here. <laughs> Omicron Asura? Uh, no, forget Omicron, dude. <laughs> Omicron is, needs to be told to get off his lazy butt and do something practical. That <laughs> 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 was for some other kind of silly reason. I was thinking of coming and a friend called me with some some terrible news that was to come and i said okay i'll just take this as an indicator to go oh really yeah i'm not gonna oh, say yeah. what it is because i know people already think i'm um incorrigibly incorrigibly infected by conspiracy theories right so the friend who sent me something was kind of in that department also i see i was just like all right i was like you being extra but i'll just take this as an indicator to go see my friends because i was anyway planning to do that all right here's our first caller Right, Krishna, you're on the late morning program. Who's this? This is Shanta Vigraha from Trinidad and Tobago. Hey, Shanta Vigraha Prabhu, how are you? Hey, good. Like, I'm very happy to see you got uh, episode 100. I know you set out to do that at the beginning of the year. I think it's quite nice you had um, Jay Jagannath on. 
Thank you so much. there since the first episode. And I've been listening since the first episode. Um, some of the episodes I've listened like several times. I've wow. listened to Jai Jagannath's first episode like five or six times. Oh <laughs> awesome. No, because like, and I listened to the one you mentioned as one of your favorite episodes um, with Mother Olmila. You know, whether the organization is like a, you know, like a dance or like that. Yeah. I listened to that two times this week. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Because I find like, one thing I find is that like these conversations are conversations that need to be had. Like when, the more we run away from things that are actually happening, like in the world, in the society, we sort of place ourselves into more and more of a box. And I don't think that's what, you know, Krishna consciousness is. You know, Bhaktivinoda like he had this, you know, big vision for Krishna consciousness, like, you know, judges, you know, with Silas and, you know, and a very valuable thing that Mother Mila was saying, you know, what if, you know, like in 20 years time, like, what do you see if Iskon or Vaishnavism really becomes a world religion? You know, what happens you know, with the schools, with so many things? And these are real issues that we have to deal with. How does this, you know, you know, mesh with our practice? How do we reconcile these things as time goes on? And it, and it was really a breath of fresh air to hear these conversations being had. I know when you started off, like, you know, the first episode was Jai Jagannath, the second episode was with Venkata Bhatta. And some of the earlier episodes were really, like, you could see, like, just two friends sort of hanging out and having nice conversations, like it's yeah. different. Like if I could have seen you having those conversations without a mic, without a podcast. Right. Just mm. like you know, over some prasad or over some drinks or whatever <laughs> the case may be. <laughs> but like as the podcast grew, like you could have seen that a certain seriousness was naturally coming about. Mm. Uh, and I think that, that the podcast grew and it became increasingly relevant, I would say the things that were generally happening and conversation that people, you know, like, you know, should have been having or, or didn't know how to have, you know? Right. And I think you know, it's quite refreshing. Like, I love the fact that you would have some devotees who had, like, who left and had a crisis of faith and then came back. So, like, I think oh, those are good too. Yeah. Um, I forgot about one. those. Yes, like, like yeah, it, it was such a diverse, uh, like, like such a, a beautiful tapestry that was being woven like in, in one way to put it and I love the fact that like other version of us would come on and we could hear from, from them right uh, without um, getting you know, banned just, or something yeah <laughs> yeah like just like 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 I see like going forward like in terms of we can't have relationships with other version of us based on what we hear within our box from our own people Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be able to step out and see and, and, and to be able to see how this, you know, how does my faith and Shri Prabhupada remain fixed, even though, you know, I, I speak to other version of us. Are other version of us a threat to my faith? Or is it, you know, material society in general? That's a bigger threat to my faith in Krishna. You know, which is it really? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's such a breath of fresh air and, and like I look forward to what's coming on. And just to add this in, I think um, Jai Jagannath being um, the first um, guest on your podcast is what um, launched him into, um, <laughs> into his podcast, Sadam on um, Bodaka, with the Arise podcast. <laughs> he had a start with you. <laughs> I'm glad I was a part of it. Thank you for always being a uh, 
Thanks you. Yeah. Thank you for always being a supportive uh, voice in my life, Shantavigarbu. I always got messages from him always after every episode, almost like, "Hey, that was great," or "This was like this." Get feedback, and I really appreciate that. Thank you for for doing that. Thank you for that. It was really nice. Thanks, Prabhu. Take care, Harry Ball. Thanks. That's nice, Shanta from Trinidad. All right, who else? Anyone else? Want to call in? I had another call while he while he was right. I heard. It's my wife. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hi. You're live on the podcast, Tuls. Hi, Nam. <laughs> yes, I just wanted to call to appreciate um, how much time and effort you put into this podcast. I'm trying not to be emotional, but, you know, people don't see the behind the scenes of, like, how much effort you put in and everything. And I just wanted to say thank you. I know I give you a hard time sometimes. And, um, but really, I appreciate what you're doing. And I see how many people it's really affecting. You know, in this day and age, we live, we don't always live near to a temple. And I see people commenting and giving their appreciation who are living far away, but this is the way that they're connecting and connecting with the larger ISKCON and Krishna conscious world. So I just wanted to call and say thanks and I won't pick up more of your time. <laughs> Thank you for taking care of the kids while I do this podcast. Thank you so much. You're I love welcome. you. <laughs> I love you too. Hurry ball. Okay, hurry ball. Get another call while she was Try again if you tried calling. Okay, here we go. All right, Krishna, you're on the late in morning program. Who's this? Hello, this is Harmony again. Oh, hi, Krishna Hello. again. <laughs> yes. Um. So this devotee Jai Jagannath. Yes. I just found out he's in Ypsilanti. Um, or did he say East Lansing? No, he's an Ypsilanti. Oh, does he come to the Detroit Temple sometime? I'm I'm sure he will at some point. <laughs> I would like I would like to talk to him. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, no, no! I am so grateful. I'm getting emo emotional that you can bring up all these topics you don't know, but. There's a lot of devotees, older devotees, that would like to talk about these things, and we can't do it. We can't do it because, you know, once something's voted on or something, you, you can't you can't bring it up. You can't bring these topics up, and right. it's very very difficult for a lot of us. We don't all think the same. All of us do not think the same. I appreciate what you're doing, that you're giving platforms for devotees like Jadarani, but I can't go around saying I like Jadarani because some other people are going to shut me down. Oh, she's not an ISKCON. I mean, to me, if someone's chanting Hare Krishna, I respect them. And, Amen. you know, a lot of us have different ideas and different opinions about different topics. I don't like conflict with other Vaishnavs. I just, I can't handle it. So I have to keep my own opinions about certain controversial 
subjects inside. But I joined, I wasn't a sheep or I wouldn't have joined. I thought outside the box and I still do. And a lot of times my opinions, I have to keep inside because they don't mesh with the mainstream. So thank you for um, giving a voice. And you brought up Prajumya. Prajumya made me a devotee. He opened a, uh, a temple in Columbus, Ohio, and he was the only one. And he wow. told me to write to Srila Prabhupada. I got a letter from Prabhupada about Jesus Christ because I was a Christian at the time. And, uh, you know, I would really like to contact him again. I haven't really had an in contact, but he knows me. 